I have never desired your good opinion. People fear what they do not understand. I have a headache, a badge, and a gun. Power is yours. Behave. I was just trying to start a conversation. And share the wonders I've seen. Hi, and welcome to The Wonders I've Seen, where there's no such thing as weird or normal, there's just different. I'm your host, Tanagra. Today we'll be discussing video game characters and sexuality in games with high player choice. And I'm joined by our guest, Miss Foxy Mettens. Hi, everybody. So, Foxy, what's your liquid nourishment for the day? I have some uh, Austonian whiskey on the rocks. Very nice and very apt for two Texans talking about geeky things. Yeah. I have what she said and hot water. (laughs) All right. So, thanks for joining us, and let's get started with our discussion. Yeah, so um, player agency, uh, or player choice, um, basically, I I guess I should define it. Yeah. Uh, So, player agency, when you think about it, right, so when you think about some iconic video game characters, you think about uh, Mario, Princess Peach, uh, Link, uh, Samus, those are characters that you know, and you know them by how they dress. Like, it never really changes, you know, mm-hmm. who they are, and they tend to have, like, a personality. Um, sometimes that personality is just very blank. That being said, those are characters where the player doesn't have high player agency because the character itself is already very well defined. Uh, we want to, when you're looking at player agency, you kind of want to look at games. Uh, like Skyrim and Mass Effect because you are able to tweak how that player looks. Uh, whether that be changing their skin color, you know, are they a literal cat, uh, mm. what what their gender is, how they dress, how they, how they respond to questions. Like, it's not just appearance. It also goes into how do they respond to different social situations, who do they align themselves with, and a lot of that g- comes from the player. Um, so the player usually will project themselves or a certain personality that they are going for for the story that they are involved in in order to either put themselves in the video game or put an idealized version of themselves Mm. or an archetype that they really like in the game okay uh so whenever i say player agency that's kind of what i'm talking about think of just sort of like that 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 blank slate uh, that you are allowed to project yourself onto. Okay, no, thanks for starting with that definition so we're all on the same page yeah. going forward. <laughs> no, it's great. So, now when we first talked about this, I I noticed that one thing you definitely want to talk about was that player agency and how it plays into sexuality mm-hmm. and then also how sexuality in and of itself is presented and the options that are given to players. Yeah. So now you when you cited a few games right now, but mm-hmm. I feel like there are a couple that you feel really sort of talk about this. Yeah, so, and I'm, I'm probably not alone in thinking this. I've always felt like, especially just with the life cycles these games have had, but the Dragon Age series in particular, so that's the first Dragon Age, so Dragon Age Awakening, Dragon Age 2, and then the most recent installment, Dragon Age Inquisition. Mm-hmm. Those three games deal with the sexuality of non-player characters very differently, and also how player agency sort of comes into play, not only in character creation, but how who your romance options are as far as if you're playing as a woman, can you date a woman? Like, can you romance a woman? Or if you are, you know, dating, at, or if you're dating... If you are a man, can you date another man? And, like, how many options do you have? And also in that sense, does sexuality play a role in these non-player characters? Like, does it come up in their storylines at all? Is it talked about? Is it 
totally glossed over and never brought up. Uh, is it solely at that point, you know, what is their sexuality? So now when you're saying the non-player character sexuality mm-hmm. versus the characters where it's player's choice, though, mm-hmm. you're, yeah. are you treating those as separate or saying that one is just as important as the other or one reflects more about the game or how are you really approaching this? Cause right. Cause if it's a, if it's an NPC, mm-hmm. the character, the, excuse me, the player doesn't really have much choice in that. That's right. whatever the game designers present to you. Mm-hmm. I think that especially when it comes to non-player character design and sexuality, as far as how it's programmed into the game, I think that speaks volumes more on the development process. And then mm-hmm. as it changes over time through these different games, what that says about feedback that they got from the community, which in some instances, like with Dragon Age 2, it was really, really strong, how that affected development of later games and what that meant for not only sort of the changing tides of, you know, you think about 2008 versus 2018, like even today, it's totally right. different. Like how we talk about sexuality and uh, just with, with when these games were released and how, like, I mean, even just who's on the dev team, how many men are on the dev team? Very true. How many how many women are on the dev team, how many queer people are on the dev team, and and how much say do they have. Uh, It speaks more towards that, and then seeing how the fan base, the players, right, how Mm -hmm. do they respond when certain choices are made. Um, Yeah. Hmm. So, I was sort of thrown into Dragon Age. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I did that to you today. (laughs) You really did, and it was amazing. Yes. I'm, I'm... slightly obsessed with this game now and feel like mm-hmm. I need to own it and play it from the very beginning. You should. Um, all right then. <laughs> but one thing I thought was really interesting is that romance seems to play a huge part, not only mm-hmm. in your experience as a gamer playing the game, and w- but also what happens to your character and what happens throughout the game. Yeah. And so I feel like you could have taken the romance out of the story mm-hmm. and still had the same, the same story or you could have had your standard, you know, Zelda and Link. Like, you already know who's right, going to save yeah. who and who's, what their sexuality is. So why do you think that it was actually important to even put that option in the game? To p- give that the players the choice of, you know, fleshing out that, that sexuality. And even in some cases in Dragon Age, they're the NPC gender, even being aware of that. Why do you think that even matters? So, I, I think it or matters. Or does it? Yeah, I, I, I think it does matter a lot because it, especially in later games like Inquisition, um, it is telling a part of your audience that they are seen, especially with non-player characters that have, like, relatable backgrounds of, like, not being accepted by family or mm-hmm. things like that or having their sexuality or gender be questioned and seeing how they have rose from that and become a hero but as far as romance goes, I, I mean, romance is all about intimacy. And, True. I, and and I don't think that you separate this from a player uh, from a player because you do become attached to these characters, not in the sense that, like, you're dating them, you know, like in real life. You know, look, no king shaming <laughs> on, no, totally. on the wonders I've seen. <laughs> uh, no, totally. But it's, it, I mean, you, you do become emotional about it because you become invested in these stories and these character stories that have been expertly written and just your connections with them. Like, even if you're not in a romance, the, the friendships that you establish with these NPCs over what feels like a very long span of time, not only play-wise, you know, you can spend 30, 60 hours right. in any one of these games, depending on how you uh, go about side-questing and all that, but... 
you know, the the characters will talk to each other, right? Like when you're walking yeah. along the map, they they talk to each other, they kind of have witty banter, and as your relationships change, other characters notice and they comment on it, just like how they would in real life. You know, if you enter into a relationship uh, in, in real life, people are going to talk about it. Like if they both yeah. know you, they're going to be like, oh, you know, I can't, I had no idea that y'all were together. And sometimes right. it can lead to uncomfortable conversations and it does the same thing in a video game. So there's definitely that whole connection and like feeling of belonging almost. I I don't know that that's necessarily the right phrase for it, but I think there's definitely intimacy there and, and there's the emotional intimacy. And as far as player agency goes, it makes you feel more connected and embedded in the story. Mm -hmm. I think it makes it that much more powerful, especially when the relationships change like not all relationships end in this happy you walk off into no, the I sunset yeah <laughs> not all of them end with you walking off into the sunset some of them do but some of them are pretty heartbreaking yeah you know you get there are breakups that that happen and then reunions that that just really tug at you and then you're just like oh like i can't like i've, I've spent all this time playing and getting to literally getting to know these characters and to see sometimes not so happy endings uh can can really get at you it's almost like watching a uh almost like watching like a couple that you really enjoy in your friend group break up and you're like it's it's awful you're just like (laughs) like you're gutted by it or maybe you weren't a big fan of that couple and you're like finally like thank you thank you like i'm so glad uh but yeah, I, I, it definitely makes you feel more involved, and I think it makes the story that the writers are trying to tell that much more impactful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I can't really disagree with that, because I was my, my follow-up to that was going to be, do you actually think that it's necessary? But I feel like you already answered that. It's not necessary... It's not necessary, excuse me, it's not necessarily that it's necessary. Yeah. So much as that it adds something, another layer of intimacy to the game for both mm-hmm. you as a player but also for what your character experiences in game yeah and having watched you play it for a while i also like the fact that there are options where you do not have to romance mm-hmm. which i think is nice you know just recognizing that like some people are asexual they don't actually want any sexuality right, yeah. or romance in their game and i i think it's great that that's also now an option that's being recognized because mm-hmm. you know before I, I mean i started out playing mario yeah. So Mario was always running off to save the princess and she was waiting to be saved and waiting to be saved and waiting to be saved for several decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was always like a romantic undertone. Yeah. And I think it's nice now that you, you don't have that. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing that's sort of understated in that realm is that that doesn't make the relationships less important. Yeah. Because uh, there are times where you're having to deal with a non-player character's addiction and like confronting them about it. Yeah, this game is intense. I just, <laughs> for, the, for the listeners who have not played Dragon Age, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's, it's, sometimes it's dealing with addiction. Sometimes it's dealing with someone is betraying my family across the ocean, and you're like, ah, oh, and you're trying to <laughs> like, try to help them out. And I mean, there's still like great things happening. Like, sure, you know, you got your romance on the side that you get really excited about when you're like. I did that side quest. I know we're going to have a cutscene, And you're like, you make a beeline for whichever door, you know, whichever room they're in. And you're like, yes, this is it. Like, I'm going to get that romance scene finally. But then there are also times where, uh, you know, you walk into a scene of two NPC characters, like fighting with each other. And your character is just like, guys, 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 we're all friends. 
And they're like, well, I'm still mad. And you have to deal with that. And it's and it's funny. And sometimes it's sad. And sometimes it's it's difficult. Sometimes it's just plain happy. Sometimes it's awkward. Yeah. Uh, just, just like life is, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I do run around casting magic spells, oh, falling in love. I mean, I do. I don't, I don't know why you're making that All sound, ta- you know, super hyperbolic or anything. I, no, you're right. You're right. That is our everyday life. Yes. I mean, listen, I've mastered lightning magic. I don't know. You need to catch up. Get on it. I'll focus on my training more. <laughs> like, I don't know. After my, after I do podcasts, I'll focus on my training more. That's okay. Yeah. Thanks. I'll, I'll send you some wiki house. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Heart. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I, I want to, I mean, you're talking about all the good things about mm-hmm. romance being in, um, being in games. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with everything you're saying, but I also feel like there can des- definitely be some negatives because not everybody is up on the romance or on the LGBTQIA, you know, acceptance or up on the dating of people of certain skin tones. I mean, we can, I can quote you all the stats from, mm. from Tinder and OKC, but I don't think I need to because there's Google if you want to find that out. So, like, when you're, when you're in a game and you're not given those options, right, you don't ever have to hear that. Just like when games first started out and it was always a male player, mm-hmm. you never had to listen to people be like, oh, well, now I'm a woman, or, oh, oh women are, gosh. women have to have giant breasts because it's the, they're so difficult to animate. Like, yeah. now we don't have that. We have all this diversity. Okay, we have more. Let me, let me, let me bring Let's that say, down. Let me bring that we have we have more diversity and we're not seeing as much of those cliche stereotypical and some i'll say negative portrayals of women of certain genders of certain ethnicities of lgbtqia characters but there is definitely some backlash to this yeah and there's some negativity to it Mm -hmm. and while some companies i feel are doing well you know handling it ignoring it as a player you still have to deal with that and i you know so how do you feel that that plays into not only, I don't want to say like the game as a whole, because I don't feel like you can definitely speak to that. You can speak to it as you, as mm-hmm. a player experiencing it. Yeah. And as a gamer. Yeah. So it, it's interesting you say that, because when you sort of take a step back and you look at Dragon Age Awakening, Dragon Age Awakening, I think had, oh gosh, like three or four romance options. Right. Period. Like that's all you had compared to like. The six, seven, eight that you get in oh, yeah. Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, but they were very much like, here is if you are playing as a male, here is your lady option. Right. Here is a second lady option. Oh, I know. Another so? two whole ladies, <laughs> and then like, oh, and if you're feeling scandalous, a male option. <gasps> right. You right. know, and then for girls, it was here is the male option that you get. Right. And here's the other male option that you get. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's it. And so Wow, really? Yeah. So you you get you get stuff like that. Or it's a character that, you know, there is one canonically bisexual male character in Dragon Age Awakening, Zeverin. He's great. He's super he's like the dashing rogue, whatever. Okay. Which dashing rogue and bisexual tend to go hand in hand with the series, but we'll get to that. Mm. Um yeah, but then as far as queer women, actually, no, I think, no, Liliana might might have been um, bisexual as well. I, Starting from Awakening? 
In Awakening, yes. Okay. Um, but I'm I'm not entirely sure. I'm a little foggy on Awakening, so I apologize if I got that wrong. Uh, yeah, so, so you don't have a lot of options. And I remember, even when that first came out, because I was a lot younger, people were just kind of like, you know, would have been nice if Alistair had been bisexual. You know, like, he's, mm-hmm. he's the charming prince guy. You know, like, right. you see him, and he's funny, and he's witty. And, like, even Morrigan, who's... The Bog Witch, who's, like, super sarcastic, dry humor, gothic, like, I love her. <laughs> you know? And you, you do, you just kind of get, like, oh, like, that's kind of a shame. And right. Bioware heard that. Oh, they heard it. And in Dragon Age 2, every single romance option was bisexual. All of them. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. And that is where you kind of get into some sticky territory. I was about to say, like... Oh, yeah, we should well, we should definitely talk about that because also tropes. Yes, and representation yes. of uh, gender and sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So for so for some characters, right? Because oh gosh, <laughs> I, I I get a little steam giant when I think about Dragon Age too. So every single character is by is bisexual. If you would like to romance them, who are in your like core party, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all the romances kind of play out the same. There is one, there's one female character who you can have a threesome with. Okay. And then there's a male character you can romance that you can have the threesome with both of them. So it's the two of them. But it's like you, it's like brought up and y'all pursue like kind of each other, but not really. It's weird. Uh, And then it kind of gets like weird because you're also like bisexuality as who they are as people doesn't come up in the story. Like, it's not something that's strongly implied in the story. It's not at the core of a character. I mean, if anyone, Isabella kind of mentions it, uh, where she says that she's attracted to men and women. Uh, She's also the character who is the dashing rogue. uh, Mm. And she's also scantily clad. And you would hope as a, she's a pirate, you right. hope as a pirate, you know, she's wearing, like, pants and boots and then, like, a billowy shirt. But it's actually a very tight shirt and very, very scantily clad. How else do we know she's a, a I female? mean, how, how else do you know? I mean, how do you know? Obviously. Right? Come on, and not, not to say that I don't like Isabella as a character. She's great, right? Yeah. Like, she's, she has some of the best dialogue. She can be so funny. She has an interesting storyline as far as her security with people goes. But... When you use bisexuality, it's just kind of like the easy way out. Because people right. are just like, oh, I wish I could romance like everybody. When you use it as an easy way out, it kind of it erases bisexuality. It does. Well, okay. I'm actually going to ask you to expand on that a little bit. Because yeah. I know that in um, Dragon Age Inquisition, they completely changed that. And there are certain characters that oh, yeah, you actually totally. cannot mm-hmm. like... People have a, def- a defined gender and they have a defined sexuality. Mm-hmm. So... You're saying that um, everybody being bisexual in two, which I sort of understand why they would do that as a reaction. Yeah. But why do you think that that, um, as you said, erases sort of bisexuality? It erases it because it doesn't... At that point, you start to ask yourself, are they bisexual or are they player sexual? Player sexual being they are the sexuality that works for the player, which is good for player agency, right? Because then whomever you're attracted to, you can romance. So... It's weird because, like, on a surface level, it seems pretty cool, right? Right. You know, like, whoever you want to date, you date. And that's great. 
but that's not how sexuality works, right? Mm. Not not for everyone, at least. For some yeah. people, you know, they are pansexual and, you know, they, they, you know, are attracted to who they are attracted to. But for some, they just aren't. Some people aren't attracted to men. Some people aren't attracted to women. Right. And some people aren't attracted to anybody. So... Well, being player sexual seems like super cool by with it being with what they said being everyone is bisexual right out the gate and then just being like, oh, well, that's just the easy way. And you also have to write less dialogue. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because then really all you have to do is change pronouns and like, bam, done. Bam. It's done. New chapter. it It would be one thing, right, if they wrote all these romances out and depending on if you are a same sex couple. Right. It, that y'all talk about, like, what it's like being a same-sex couple in a medieval setting. It's got to, you know, it's got to be some kind of way, right? But that never really happens. Like, people comment on your romance, like, about how cute y'all are and all that, but there isn't any difference in dialogue than what it would be for the other gender. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also, that actually makes sense how it'd be erasing, because, yeah, that's definitely eraser. Because if you're never actually, like, dealing with it or even addressing it, not saying it necessarily should be a problem, but it at least should be recognized. Yeah, and then, and, and some people have made the argument uh, that, well, you, you know, you're kind of, you're taking, you're looking at it from a wider scope, right? Like, you're not looking at it through just, like, one playthrough for a character. You know, if it's, like, just me and I made a new character and I decide to romance Fenris and right. I'm a man, then that's a gay relationship. I decided this. Bam, this is my canon and you can't change my mind because right. that because some people do feel that way they they their player agency is so high that they really do feel like the canon that they've created with their character is it and by by golly more power to you right, right. to have to put yourself in that space and to see this as like yes this is a this is a gay relationship in this game it is canon it will remain that way you know once i import my save into dragon age inquisition that's not going to change anything but on the same hand right it's it's the same dialogue and you're not even at that point right you're not even emphasizing like you know this is a same-sex relationship right and even even in inquisition which they do go on and, and it metamorphosizes with with dorian actually talking about sexuality and like what that means for characters and not just Dorian I'm talking about Sarah you know who who talks about how very openly how she loves women only women not Mm -hmm. into guys uh and she holds that in in kind of this like very powerful like she's very proud of herself and more power to her whereas like Dorian while he is very openly unapologetically gay he did face backlash like with his family and he talks about how that affected him and like how he debated you know just marrying a woman and having an heir and just never loving her and having affairs on the side and like gosh like what that's a lot that's a lot that's heavy and and it's a heavy emotional moment when he's talking about it like there is gravity in that situation or you know iron bull who is pansexual He's just like, hey, like, I love everybody. I, you know, he's like, I like redheads. Like, I, if yeah, I have right. a preference, preference is I like redheads, mm, redheads. But, <laughs> you know, he never says, like, I only like redheaded women. I only like redheaded guys. I only like red, you know, he's just like, I like redheaded people. Right. And, you know, whatever, whatever your gender is, whatever your sexuality is, redheads are cool. But mm. you don't have to be a redhead to romance them either. So. Okay. Yeah. So. 
I, I do feel like there was a certain amount of discourse in yeah. the Dragon Age fan base after Dragon Age 2 because on one hand you're like I can romance whoever I want and like that's really great but then for people who are actually bisexual it's like hey like bi- bisexuality yeah and it's also just like bisexuality isn't a gameplay mechanic right in that sense because that's what it feels like mm. you know it's it's not it's not the route you take to make it easier to write in lines of dialogue it's not the route it's it, it's not your easy route right, right. And, it, and it shouldn't be because being bisexual isn't always easy like you, right. you know you face backlash from heterosexual people and the gay community and that's it's it you don't it's it's hard to find a place of belonging unless mm-hmm. you found a very accepting like queer community or community in general that will openly accept you for liking you know two genders or if you're if you're pansexual right, right then more than two yeah the more than two so it's really hard for people who are bisexual and pansexual to find a space of community and then to have that be used as just a we get we get to write fewer lines of dialogue right. and everyone's happy well clearly people who are pansexual and bisexual might not be as happy so uh but they heard that right because i i feel like people were loud enough about it and then they kind of took a look at dragon age inquisition and they were like okay like we we have to recognize this right because they didn't really recognize it in awakening they didn't really recognize it into and then once they got to dragon age inquisition they were like okay we need to do better about this and it's weird because you see the strangest shift with uh player discourse and how the developer responded because there were a lot of people who were super happy with like there were more there were more romance options for women than there were men in this game which was huge Mm. this was the first Bioware game to really do that and openly be like, yeah, women have more romance options. Right. A lot of them, you know, being queer. Right. Right. And then for men, they they had a couple more queer options, but not as many as as women did, which was kind of a really big shift. And it's the strangest thing because then characters who are gay or lesbian so you think about sarah mm-hmm. who right. is who who is very openly a lesbian and how a lot of players responded to her like female players liked her and i mean she's useful on a team right. she's an archer and a lot of male players like guys that i talked to when this game came out people that i surveyed were just like you know i i, I really found her obnoxious That's all the wonders I have to share with you today. To continue the discussion, you can find me on Twitter at Tanagra, G-G-N-O-C. And where can they find you, Foxy? I am an enigma. Like a fox through the trees. Truly. (laughs) You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Leave us a message. Thanks for joining us. Make choices and don't follow it up.